Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Kat Kennan. She is a founder and CEO of Radical Customer Experience, a groundbreaking consulting firm that encourages brands to establish genuine customer connections with their customers by embracing strengths-based trauma-informed and inclusive marketing services. Welcome to the show, Kat. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. You are welcome to the show. You are welcome to India in this online <laughs> form. And I'm sure a lot of people in India will benefit from this. But not just in India, a lot of people globally will benefit from what we are talking about. We're talking about how companies can avoid cancel culture. But first to understand, when I was introducing you, there were so many words, you know, uh, trauma-informed, inclusive marketing services, strengths-based, so many things, and cancel culture. So first yep. to understand, how does this trauma come into this business jargon? And also, <laughs> you know, to understand what exactly uh, do you mean by cancel culture with regards to companies and how they can avoid it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the word trauma is very scary in terms of business um, and business executives. But the truth is, especially uh, after the pandemic, is that all of us, 100% of the global population has experienced at least one major trauma in our lives. And that affects how we perceive messages, whether that's in the workplace or in the marketplace. Um, so it is an overall technique that I teach my clients. I would say that strengths-based marketing is a subset of that. Um, but, you know, as marketers, we are all taught fear-based techniques. We have to create urgency. Like now, 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 now. You have until midnight to, to hit get the sale or limited quantity. Um, and repeatedly pushing those negative messages can be really dangerous for consumers, uh, psychologically speaking. And so, um, you know, I teach companies to take that same data and just flip the message. Instead of saying, hey, limited quantity, you better get it now. Instead, you can send out a message. It's like, hey, the, we these are our customer favorites this month, right? Um, that just reframes the message in a positive light. Um, in terms of inclusivity, it's just really making sure that, um, you know, your your materials are inclusive for everybody, regardless of culture or ethnicity, religion. Um, you know, I honestly, all three are really a part of the same thing. Um, but yeah, I think they're really critical for business right now. Yeah. Right, right. And where does the cancel culture come in? <laughs> well, I mean, I think cancel culture is something we all see every single day um, or someone or something or some company being canceled. Um, you know, whether it's a celebrity, which, of course, celebrities are brands on their own, um, you know, where there's an uproar, right, um, about a message or a video or a campaign or something that seems particularly insensitive. Um, I know in the U.S. we've had a couple of very recent examples 
Um, you know, whether it was the musician Lizzo or um, Target, um, which is our, you know, a, the store or uh, the beer brand Bud Light, they've all sort of stepped into it, um, as we would say here, um, in the last six or so months. And, you know, and then they lose business. Target, as an example, you know, is such a behemoth, but they lost 90% of their stock share six months ago, and it hasn't come back. So um, I think that's how I mean cancel culture in this sense. And, you know, it can be really disastrous for businesses. Um, you know, and our research tells us that companies and executives, to be honest, are terrified of saying or doing anything and misstepping because, um, you know, the internet can be very unforgiving. Um, and uh, so I just try to teach brands to get ahead of it by using the trauma-informed strengths-based techniques I mentioned and um, really understand how their consumers are thinking about them and perceiving uh, them beyond just pure sales numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely, Kat. Now, let's look at it from both sides. One is the customer side. Yep. One is the company side. Who is the one who is canceling the other? Because Usually cus customers, yeah. 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 So can customers be taken for granted by the companies? When you, when you, when you uh, do not give good services yes. or, or you are bringing a message, like for example, normally in old days, whenever you had a product, you used to do a pilot study in a small market, go for that messaging or product services, and then went for the bigger market. But, mm -hmm. but you act very smart. Suddenly, you come out with a celebrity who has also lost credibility. You think they have credibility because they have got a following. And then you push on a message and you want to thrust on people. Why do you want to people to just be your servant and just, you know, accept that message? People don't want to be questioned. What is so divine about companies if customers are questioning it? Because there might be other vested interests in between, but that is your job to tackle it. Where does the cult cancel culture come in? Because you see who, who is responsible for this cancel culture. I'm not talking about the tall poppy syndrome here. I'm talking yeah. about plain relationship between a customer and company. Who is responsible for this mistrust and the distance? You don't uh, talk to the customer. Yeah. You create what's in between. And then that is where the problem is. Your leaders, most of these business leaders, they are found on LinkedIn talking about thought leadership and the customer is trying to reach even the, you know, even one level up than the customer care executive who simply doesn't care. Tell us about this because we got to be very clear about who is canceling whom because I, in my opinion, my personal experience with some of the big companies is that companies are canceling the customer till they find that customers are actually, you know, hitting back. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's been um, maybe a learned arrogance. I haven't phrased it that way before, so let's stick with me on behalf of companies because they have never been challenged in the way that 
um, they are now with the way culture is, um, you know, current culture can be very, very unforgiving, um, you know, for some things that are just, you know, pure accidents and oversight. It, it happens to all of us. I know I was a brand side marketer for the majority of my career. Um, you know, sometimes like there was seriously a PR fail or misstep, but I think, um, you know, and then they will be canceled by their customers, right? Um, but I think companies need to get ahead of it and anticipate um, and protect themselves. And I think by understanding really where their customers are and even consumers as a whole, they can um, really help mitigate those kinds of risks. Absolutely, Kat. Absolutely. You have a very difficult job to do and you get a very <laughs> difficult because why I explain, uh, I, I'll tell you how the way I have seen it. I, I understand it. I may be wrong, but this is what I understand of it. Two big things. One yep. is the relationship with customer. Everyone knows. Even in the US, I've been talking to some very, very, you know, informed people about this. We all know how difficult it is to even get a simple thing sorted through the yep. customer care. Several of them. There is no customer. Really, rarely there is customer service. So that thing. Now let us look at the company employee relationship. We are still dealing with the great resignation. Again, who is responsible for that? In customers, you say, who, when you come into the picture, it means companies create artificial urgency. It is like, you know, asking who, who is responsible for this? Who taught this marketing? You, so you see, the, both the places you have lost that credibility. Even in employees, your employees are not ready to work for you. You are not, you have not been seeing the writing on the wall. Except that, yeah, you know, suddenly, suddenly when your ship was sinking, then you are shouting cancel culture. So help us understand how, what is it that companies come to you for? How do you salvage the situation for yeah. them? It is not a PR exercise. It has to yeah. be an exercise in genuinity, authenticity. If they do it, yeah. customers also understand that. So I want to understand. See, I have no grouse against any company. <laughs> I am a simple customer. Uh, I want the, uh, I pay money. I just want my services accordingly as per what I, I pay for. That's it. Nothing more. So help us understand how, what they want from you. How do you show them the way from here? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, like I said, it's really easy to misstep. Um, you know, I often use the phrase internal customers as it comes to employees. Um, I think companies, you know, they're like the big giant, right? And they've been in this position of authority, whether it's over their employees or over their customers. And that just doesn't fly anymore. Um, you certainly see it with a great resignation, um, you know, going on with employees. It's just like not worth like any kind of um, poor environment for them to keep working there. Um, and then, you know, in terms of consumers, like there are so, so many choices, right? And so if a brand missteps, and again, like I'm not saying anyone is sitting in a conference room trying to ruin people's day, right? Like that's not, um, that's not how it happens. But, you know, sometimes like mistakes are made or poor choices are made on behalf of a marketing team. 
And even marketers like themselves, like are under so much pressure from the rest of the executives, from the board, from stockholders. There's a lot of pressure to increase sales continually. And, you know, it makes it very easy to then be short-sighted and really go for the sales. But then there's no sustainability underneath of it if you have an issue. You know, maybe there was a product issue, right? Like maybe there's a quality issue that happened. Um, Maybe you pushed out a campaign that was misinterpreted. I mean, probably the most egregious example of that um, was last fall, the Balenciaga campaign. I don't know if anyone watching is familiar, but they put out a fashion campaign featuring kids wearing bondage gear. Um, it was really horrifying, to be honest, um, and, and very, very disturbing. But um, take it one step further and imagine that you are sitting there as a, as a customer seeing that and perhaps you'd experience some kind of trauma along those lines in your childhood boy, wow, watch out. Um, You know, it's really, really hard to recover from something like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to come in uh, to a client after some kind of incident, but I don't spin. I am not a PR agency. Um, You, they really have to genuinely mean it and repair the trust, um, which is why I recommend, you know, getting ahead of it. Um, and the way that both my business consultancy and, and the software, which we can get to is formed around a methodology. It's called my three R's framework, which is radical empathy, radical vulnerability, and radical authentic investment. Obviously we all know I like the word radical, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it is really putting the customer first and it totally different way. Um, Thinking, taking a minute to just think about how a message might be perceived. Um, You know, is it, is it going to hit on some kind of generational trauma? We saw that, um, you know, last year, Walmart um, put out an ice cream uh, in honor of Juneteenth, which, you know, is a really, really sensitive issue here. And, you know, essentially like they may have meant it as a positive thing, but it was not perceived that way. And it was a really big misstep. Um, And I think really understanding like if you do run into a mistake, we also see so many brands who just go silent when they've made a mistake, right? Right, right. Ted, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I yeah. want to learn from you. When was the last time <laughs> a brand came out and said, I made a mistake? It's rare. Do you think, do you th- yes. tell me, I want to know, especially big brands. So if yes. you think that you are the most intelligent person of the universe, just because you got the designation in your hands, where, why do you blame the customer for cancel culture? Yeah. No, I mean, typically it's a a misstep made on behalf of the company. And, you know, the whether it's intentional or not doesn't matter, Um, you know, even to individual to individual. If you've hurt someone with your words, it doesn't matter if you didn't intend it. it. It matters how it was perceived. So that's definitely what I try to teach my clients is like, 
let's just take a moment and think about how these words, this copy, this imagery might be perceived um, by someone else. And I think you're never going to get it 100% right, um, but you do have to acknowledge it when you don't. Um, so this, we now have this analytics product that I call the cancel culture checkup that is based around these three R factor. And um, it's an assessment that you can send to your customers or uh, general consumers um, as well. And it really breaks down empathy and vulnerability and authentic investment into these questions. And words like empathy and vulnerability, you're like, wait, business, what? How are these the same, right? Um, but if you think about just say vulnerability, right? Um, for a company, it means that they will actually acknowledge when they've made a mistake and they will sincerely apologize for it. That's the only way to rebuild trust. Um, and, you know, when you're willing to admit a mistake, you are being vulnerable, um, you know, just as if you were an individual, um, you know, in terms of authentic investment, right? You're not just donating, you're not doing cause marketing where X percentage of your profits go somewhere, set it and forget it. You are genuinely supporting things that are in the actual DNA of your brand, um, and, you know, that are critical. If we look at, you know, the brand Patagonia, for example, you can't separate sustainability from Patagonia. They are sustainability. Sustainability is Patagonia, right? Um, or, you know, perhaps there's someone that is helping train the next generation of workers in the community around their headquarters. That's genuine, authentic investment. It's not just throwing money because someone has asked them for a donation. There's a difference now. And I think that customers expect more. Consumers expect more. Um, you know, we're more and more sophisticated, particularly as we look at millennials and Gen Z. They don't give second chances. Um, you know, if they've had one negative interaction for a brand, they will leave. Um, whereas I think some of the older generations, it's almost a learned helplessness where you don't think that there's another alternative. And so you stay with that brand, even if they are, have terrible customer service or, you know, what have you. But it's just not the way of the world anymore. Um, and uh, you just have to get ahead of it. You know, it doesn't have to be hard. Um, but you should really be aware as a company of how your customers really feel and really see you. Um, otherwise, like, how can you be proactive? Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you uh, actually get things done on the ground? As you said, it's not a PR exercise. It's a yep. genuine exercise. How do you understand whether this company is genuinely seeking your help or wants <laughs> to actually conduct a PR exercise under this excuse? It happens. See, they are, they are smart, Absolutely. but but but, uh, but people are also smart, very smart. Just because they are not in that company does not mean they have lost their brains. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that eventually, if someone's not really serious about it, if someone is just sort of, uh, you know, trying to make up for a mistake 
and, you know, sort of cover themselves, it comes out eventually. It doesn't read as sincere. Um, you know, for me, I'm happy to help a customer, you know, uh, a company that's gotten in trouble if they really are sincere um, about changing things and figuring out what went wrong. Um, you know, so I think some of it is just, you know, how I interact with people. I like to think that I'm pretty good at reading folks. Um, but yeah, I think uh, if someone is really, really serious about, you know, let's, let's see what the scores are. Let's send this assessment out um, and, you know, really do some smart analytics around this. And then we can make predictions. We can like, you know, really figure out and dial in on like, maybe someone is actually doing really well on empathy in terms of their messaging. Um, this, the software I use, it analyzes language as well. Um, you know, maybe they're doing really well in there, but customers don't perceive them being great on authentic investment, right? Maybe they don't think they're really participating in, in society in that way. Um, so we have an idea of like what we need to adjust and nothing's overnight. Uh, absolutely not. But, you know, it gives you something to like operate on and, you know, and then it's backed up by numbers and, you know, and psychology and those don't lie, uh, you know, and you can see the trends over time and, you know, perhaps how much more deeply you're connecting with your consumers, how much more loyal um, and and trace that over time. Absolutely. I want to understand the trend that people who take your expertise, mm-hmm. how what is the percentage of those who are actually, you know, utilizing that output given by expertise and output that is given <laughs> by you? I, I will get a trend through that. That okay, it's just for you know, uh, for okay, green as they use this word greenwashing, whitewashing. This this must be image washing, whatever it is. I want to understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, honestly, if I was you know washing over something or helping a company wash over something, that would be uh, sort of counter to who I am as a person, um, and. You know, my top priority is not income. Um, I need I need revenue to live and support my family. But um, there are just, you know, certain companies that I wouldn't do business with. Um, You know, that's just hard facts, I guess. But I think there's an opportunity for everyone, company or individual to change and to improve if they're really willing to open up and uh, analyze uh, how many of my clients are uh, really taking action as to what they see. Um, I honestly, right now, I would say most of them are. Um, there's actually even like consulting hours that are baked into most of the su- subscription levels, so they can't avoid me. <laughs> right. Um, so that certainly helps. You know, the other customer insight platforms that are out there, whether it's a net promoter score or similar things, 
don't give any real information about your customers uh, other than maybe how they feel at a given moment in time. That as a marketer, that gives you no information at all. Um, you know, whereas this system really dials in. Um, and we even have um, what I'm now calling the marketing Rorschach um, or, you know, the ink block um, blot test where it's a separate assessment that brands can send their customers that presents a series of fairly generic images and ask their customers to respond in writing as to what that image evokes for them in terms of the brand. And so that combined with that number score, that quantitative score, we can get pretty deep um, into those insights and, um, and I can help them figure out how to move forward, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So whatever uh, methodology they uh, adopt, I, my understanding is that the solution is pretty simple. Talk to the customer, listen to the customer, and the customer will listen to you when your time is tough. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Have a conversation. <laughs> Have a conversation. So be that as it may, it all depends on whether they want or don't want. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, the customer is still the king. He has not been dethroned at, uh, <laughs> as yet. So those people who want to learn more from you about, you know, about the cancel culture checkup, about anything else, what is the best way for them to learn as well as those companies who would want to engage with you professionally? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is RadicalCustomerExperience.com or they can always find me on LinkedIn um, under Kat Kennan. I would welcome a conversation from anyone, no matter where you're based. Um, maybe it's just to learn more about uh, cancel culture or trauma-informed marketing. Um, I'm happy just to have a conversation, but definitely hit us up on the web or uh, ping me on LinkedIn. Absolutely. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. Thank you so much.